In this episode, we're reminded what our first grade teacher said. We wonder what names like Think Jerky and Falcon Butter could have to do with a sacred American holiday. And we ponder how much those first pilgrims might have known about Judaism. All on the way to answering the question, who owns Thanksgiving? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. So really, who owns Thanksgiving? I mean, could there possibly be a more American question than who owns the rights to the ultimate American holiday? I mean, right? So I looked it up. And guess what? It hasn't been trademarked. So you know what I did? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. I now own Thanksgiving. Pretty cool, right? Huh? Okay, so I can hear. I can hear the doubters everywhere. I can. I can hear you. You're saying, you do not no one can own Thanksgiving. That's just stupid. Okay, first of all, to all of my doubters, let me say a couple of things. First, let me remind you of what your first grade teacher said. We don't use the word stupid. It isn't nice. We say it's phenomenally implausible. Okay, and when you put it that way, that's fair. I haven't trademarked it. That's true. But, but, but first of all, let me say that I couldn't. Someone else already has. I know. There's already an application in for trademarking Thanksgiving. Actually, just it took me all of five minutes, not even that, to discover that three companies at least own a trademark in my quick search Three companies already have trademarked Thanksgiving, and they are Think Jerky, Falcon Butter, and Multimedia Games. I, I'm not even sure what to do with that. I, I, you know, I'm, I, I guess I thought it wouldn't have been possible. It was just such a generic term. I thought I was going to get on here and say, guess what? It's not even possible to trademark Thanksgiving. But instead, I found out somebody had, and their name is think jerky. And it's just, it's kind of hitting me pretty hard. And I wasn't really prepared for this. And I'm just not sure. I'm, I guess I have to kind of go on with the podcast right now, but I'm just not really sure I'm up to it. Okay, fine. Let's press on. There must be something more to talk about, right? So I'm reading about the American holiday of Thanksgiving last week, and I'm reading a debate between two Muslims who are talking about Thanksgiving. And both consider themselves faithful American Muslims. And they're debating whether or not they are allowed to participate in Thanksgiving. You see, the question, who owns Thanksgiving, is very important to them. Is Thanksgiving a Christian celebration or is it a cultural celebration belonging to no particular faith? Now, before we move forward and talk about the debate, let's talk about the anger that rises in many American Christians over this kind of question. 
Because the moment we ask this kind of question, the moment we talk about some people who begin to get into this kind of debate or whether or not Muslims are asking this and debating this amongst themselves, you suddenly have some people who go on microphone, on television, on the news, and they say, well, this is America and we were founded by Christians. And if those people don't like the principles upon which we were founded, they can pack up their bags and go home. Okay, okay, let's just, let's, let's slow down a little bit and let's unpackage some of this. You see, some of the assumptions upon which we build our intolerances are just wrong. First of all, many of our founding fathers were strong deists rather than evangelical Christians. So, first of all, we have this idea that somehow our founding fathers were profoundly Christian, and I'm not sure a lot of them really were. I mean, some of them were, but some of them really weren't. But more importantly than that, in the early days of Christianity, we, Christians, were strangers in a strange land. We lived in the midst of a government, the Roman government, that was not Christian. The Roman government supported many gods. And civic events, if you wanted to go to a play, if you want to go to the Colosseum, if you want to go to a museum, if you want to go see music, if you want to go see art, if you want to do any of those kind of civic events, they were all intertwined. They all incorporated the Roman gods. So Christians almost always decided not to participate in these civic events because they ultimately decided they couldn't separate the theology from the art. That's part of the reason why Christians found themselves persecuted. We felt we couldn't participate in a culture that was riddled with gods of another religion. So we withdrew. We kind of isolated ourselves from the culture in which we lived. And as we withdrew, some people of other religions and other faiths began to spread some pretty vicious rumors about us. That we were devious. That we were evil. That we were traitorous. There were even some rumors that we were cannibals. So we were persecuted. And we as Christians have been outsiders. We've been persecuted. We have felt the scorn, the ridicule of the people on the inside of power and privilege. We Christians, as a people of faith, have been in this very same place. So we, we should have tolerance for those who are struggling with this kind of decision when they begin to say, can we participate in this? Because is that a part of another faith or is it really something we can participate in? And before we begin to say, well, if you don't want to be part of that, you can leave. We need to say, you know, we had to deal with those decisions one time. We should have some compassion, some tolerance, some warmth in our heart for people who are going through stuff like that. Because our religious forebearers certainly did. So, okay, enough about that. So back to the original question, who owns Thanksgiving? As I researched this podcast, I read an article written by a Muslim 
who came to Thanksgiving dinner with his family. And actually, he came with the express intent of confronting the rest of his family members because he felt like they were participating in Thanksgiving, which he saw as a Christian celebration, and thus they were doing something that he saw in the Muslim world as being expressly forbidden. You do not participate in religious events that are of a different faith. And he understood Thanksgiving to be of Christian origin, and so you do not participate in it as a Muslim. But there is also an exception to this rule. If a holiday, even if it comes from another tradition, even if it comes from another faith, if a holiday has become so ubiquitous, so widespread that it no longer belongs to a simple, single group, it no longer belongs to a single people, but it's now largely practiced by the entire nation, then it is acceptable to practice it because it is no longer seen as being associated with a particular faith, but is now seen as largely widespread and belonging to the entire community rather than that particular faith. And that's exactly where Thanksgiving stands for a lot of people within the Muslim community in the United States. Now, it varies from family to family and community to community, but there are certainly lots of Muslim families across the United States who participate in Thanksgiving because they've decided that Thanksgiving doesn't really belong to anybody. It is a community-wide, a nationwide holiday. Within the Jewish community, there has been, over time, a similar debate revolving around the question as to the origin of Thanksgiving and what one is really participating in by simply sitting down to a Thanksgiving dinner with your family. It's true, ultra-Orthodox Jews in America are not likely to participate in the tradition of Thanksgiving, but otherwise, Jewish participation in Thanksgiving is fairly widespread across the United States. As a matter of fact, over the last couple of decades, several notable rabbis have come out and said that Thanksgiving, and this is interesting, is not a religious holiday, but is a secular one. Now, just to kind of work on that for a little bit, first, as a footnote, when a notable rabbi weighs in on an issue like this in Judaism, it's different than it is in the world of Christianity. Rabbis just kind of play a different role. They're simultaneously a combination of, I would say, three roles. They're spiritual leaders, they are professors, and they're even a little bit of courtroom judge, not judge in the sense of judgmental. They're judge almost in the sense of deciding over cases, not cases in I decide you're right, you're wrong, but in the sense of like a Supreme Court decides over whether or not we're going to decide how this document is going to be interpreted. So in this case, deciding is Thanksgiving a religious or a secular holiday? Judaism is always trying to take its documents, the Torah, and it's a faith that's trying to read that scripture and remain faithful to God's expectations. 
And often it winds up needing kind of a ruling on something that's new, that's unexpected. So that's where a rabbi would come in. So I'll give you an example. Related to Thanksgiving, matter of fact. There is, in Leviticus, a list of birds that you may not eat. Non-kosher birds. I think there are about 20 of them. Then people came from came from Europe to the New World and brought back with them to Europe this new bird called a turkey. Well, there's no turkey in the Bible. There was no turkey back at the time that that list was made. So all of a sudden you have a new bird that is nowhere on the list. So rabbis started debating, is this new bird kosher or is it not kosher? Is it allowed to be eaten or is it not allowed to be eaten? Ultimately, in the is turkey kosher or not, the turkey is kosher side ultimately won. But before I make it sound too simple, let me say that rabbis tend not to give just kind of rulings and it's over. The way they do it is that there's a lot of debate and decisions tend to be made very slowly and incrementally over time, and that There's a lot of back and forth that goes between them. And they love debate. They like the going back and forth. And that's how decisions get made and shaped over time. Now, what's interesting is although Turkey is now largely considered okay, as I looked this up and was doing research for this podcast, there are still very small pockets of holdout within Judaism who took the opposite side. They said if the Jewish scriptures don't expressly say that a bird is okay, then they interpret it as being prohibited. So in that case, for them, turkey, therefore, would be not kosher, and they will never eat it. And therefore, there are very small pockets who believe that turkey will never be okay. But for the most part, turkey is now considered kosher as long as it is dealt with in a kosher manner. So when they weigh in on an issue, rabbis do, it carries a different kind of weight than it would simply a Christian minister saying, yeah, I think that's okay to be done. Because they have such an important role in the community in helping decide, are we living in faithfully into this text? It's not better. It's not worse. It's just a different kind of role than is the role of the Christian pastor. Also, I'm sure there are people for whom the word secular, going back to the rabbis saying that Thanksgiving is a secular holiday, I'm sure there are people for whom the word secular is going to make them uncomfortable. So let me take a moment to tackle that word. First, did you know that historically the church has used the word secular for a long time? Now, you're probably listening to that and thinking, yeah, I'm sure the church has used the word secular to describe things outside the church. No, actually the church has used the word secular for things that are church-related. In other words, in the Catholic church, the word secular can be used to describe a priest. They actually have a term in which they describe secular clergy. Now, before I get lost in the weeds here, I just want to say secular clergy would be clergy who aren't tied to a religious order. So 
not specifically tied down clergy would be a secular clergy. I don't want to make too much of this analogy, but I want to be clear that the word does not mean having nothing to do with God. When people say that Thanksgiving is secular, don't get too anxious about that word. They don't mean that it doesn't have religious overtones. They mean that it belongs to society rather than a particular religious community. The rabbis who call it secular fully expect their congregants to be sitting down to the table in prayer on Thanksgiving Day. They just mean it doesn't belong to any particular faith. And in that sense, it's a free agent religious day, let's say. Obviously, it has an underlined theological meaning. Because there has to be someone to whom you're giving thanks on Thanksgiving. One other little fascinating footnote. There is a harvest festival within Judaism called Sukkot. And it's notably marked by families and congregations building temporary little booths or huts in their backyards. One theory within some within the Jewish community is that the very first Thanksgiving here in the United States was actually an intentional borrowing of some of the Sukkot traditions. Now, I don't know very much about this theory, but it would be fun to invite a rabbi in the future onto the podcast and give him or her an opportunity to walk us through this idea. I'd never heard it before. I just discovered it like in the past 20, 30 minutes or something. I find it fascinating. I'd love to hear more about it. Thanksgiving may be the best of all American holidays because it was created when a group of pilgrims, Native Americans, members of the Wampanoag tribe, sat down together to give thanks for the harvest. I know the history. I know the later betrayal. I know the stories not filled with beauty and friendship and happily ever afters. But on that day, in that moment in time, we were perhaps capturing a glimpse, just a glimpse, of who we could be. I don't know what they ate. I don't know who invited whom to sit down at the table. And I don't know what the seating chart looked like. This is what I know. On that day, they were a bunch of people who gathered together on this land that we now call home. And they were not all of the same faith. But on that day, in that moment, it didn't seem to matter. At that moment, they were one people gathered and created by the same God, gathered together to eat what they had and give thanks. Who owns Thanksgiving? I guess God does, certainly none of us. In my opinion, it's certainly the best of the American holidays. On that day, we gather at the table, and in my mind at least, symbolically gather across the table and across our land with each other. 
On Thanksgiving Day, there will be flaws. There will be homeless and hungry and all sorts of problems. I don't deny those. But there is, in all of that, an image for me that gives me hope. On that day, on Thanksgiving Day, families of Native American tribes gather around table to give their traditional thanks. And at the same time, Jewish families offer their prayers spanning across our land. There are also Muslim families and Christians and people of countless other faiths who gather at table and bow their heads in prayers in their homes across our land. And the prayers are all different in different languages. And yet in some ways, they're all the same. They're offered to their God who created us and who created the world on which we live. They share a thankfulness to the God who loves us and has so generously provided for us. And for me, in that moment, we are unified in prayer. And for that, I am thankful and even hopeful for the future. That's all for today. On your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. I invite you to be sure to check out Facebook. Just search for Sky Pilot Faith Quest. Thanks for listening to Sky Pilot Faith Quest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions. <laughs>